Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. Tate, how are you? We've got another week that just won't cool down. Free agency is all fire all the time. It feels like every day we're getting a new notification that's causing me to second guess every dynasty move. How are you handling all this? Samantha, apparently the National Football League has turned into a redraft format in fantasy leagues because... I have we ever had an offseason where this many marquee guys in their prime or even some of which are entering their prime have been on the move? This is nuts. No, I don't think we've I really don't think that we've had a season, uh, a free agency like this. I feel like it's very unprecedented, but I was listening to another podcast um, and I'm going to blank on the name because I'm terrible and it's towards the end of the week. So I've got no brain right now, but they were talking about how this season and before years past, like we've got a lot of very young general managers that are in the league right now. So I could see a lot of young guns kind of going out there doing the no risk it, no biscuit mantra in terms of trying to keep the owners happy, but also trying to mix it up in order to find the right formula to get yourself to a championship. We saw the Bengals get to the Super Bowl last year with a terrible offensive line, but got there because you know, they had an amazing rookie in Joe Burrow and he was able to reset the history books there in Cincinnati. And you looked at the Rams making moves, making big trades to get Stafford and then getting to the Super Bowl with that. So I think a lot of teams are looking at these moves thinking, you know what, if I'm two moves away, three moves away, let's spend the money and let's get ourselves a championship. Well, I, I I just watched Aladdin not that long ago. I'm talking about the OG version back from 1993. You know, yeah, you got a friend in me. <laughs> anyway, what I was already kind of thinking, though, is that this is a whole new world, a whole new NFL, so to say, because we used to see for a while that teams would hold on to those first round picks like they were you know, automatically coveted future superstars in the National Football League. Now we see two years in a row, right? Uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, they didn't give up any draft capital to get Tom Brady, but what they did is they landed the big free agent, the big fish, and then everybody wanted to come play there. And the GM, Jason Light, there in Tampa Bay, went ahead and went all in along with his veteran quarterback, decided to push his chips to the center. They won a Super Bowl, right? Then we kind of see a copycat move by Sean McVay in this NFL offseason. We see that McVay thought he was just a quarterback away from really having a chance to legitimately take home the Lombardi Trophy. So what do they do? They swap quarterbacks, both former number one overall picks, and they actually gave the Detroit Lions extra draft capital for an, uh, multiple first-rounders to bring back an older veteran quarterback that clearly was an upgrade from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. And it paid off. And you saw the rest of their moves kind of correlate with that entire organization going all in. And now you see other teams that now they feel like they're one player away, Sam. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing all these like drastic moves. And it's, you know, obviously Russell Wilson comes to mind going to the Denver Broncos. Yep. But Sam, who actually was an, a notable free agent to start free agency. Most of these have been blockbuster trade deals. Yeah, a lot of them have. And I think when 
right before free agency started, I mean, I went down the list of players that were available. Obviously, you know, Adams was on that list. Um, but someone like franchise tag. So there was like an asterisk next to his name. So I just I assumed that he was staying. And that was like a sneaky, sneaky, just kidding. He's not staying kind of moment for everyone, I think, in that he was on the move. Let's stick with talking about quarterbacks really quickly because I like that you bring up the you know missing piece in Stafford for the Rams, bringing this veteran presence, obviously with a big arm, and we know what he's capable of and Super Bowl champions. Congratulations right. to them. Uh, another team, probably not as big of a trade as some of the ones that we're going to talk about, but speaking about a veteran that's been with a team a long time, Matt Ryan to the Colts is a very interesting move. In some respects, I feel like it's a bit of a lateral move because I don't know that it's that much of an upgrade. But are the Colts looking at this in a similar scenario that they're maybe only a couple parts away, and if they can get a quarterback that can, you know, be consistent in throwing volume, which we know Ryan does, is that going to help open things up, take the pressure off of Don- Jonathan Taylor so that they can make it a little bit further into the playoffs? Well, I just think you're going to know what you can expect on a week-to-week basis a little bit more consistently than what you got with Carson Wentz. And, yeah. you know, the year before that, I Philip Rivers played just fine. but yeah, they, Didn't they make the playoffs feel- and they got beaten in the first round? Well, do you feel like that this is a similar move that to what they did with Phillip Rivers? Yes. I, I mean, Matt Ryan actually got his team to a Super Bowl, won an NFL MVP. So you can make an argument that he was he reached peaks that Phillip Rivers was able to, never able to get to. But the point, I think it's kind of similar, right? Kind of a guy that's been fringe, you know, top ten, flirted with top five you know, one peak season where he was like exceptionally good, but very consistent throughout his entire career. So you expect that, yeah, you, you're you going to have something that you can expect on a week-to-week basis if you're Frank Reich and the rest of the Indianapolis Colts to complement what is arguably the best running back in the National Football League and Jonathan Taylor. And I think some very nice defensive pieces led by Darius Leonard. But yeah, I, I certainly think they're right there with the Tennessee Titans to take a very winnable AFC South. So I, I really like the move fantasy-wise. I still think it leaves Matt Ryan somewhere around maybe the quarterback 15. I think he's a, a nice, reliable QB2 in Superflex leagues, and he's probably somebody you can stream in one QB leagues. Does his addition move up or down for you, Michael Pittman? I think it stays the same. I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think it really moves the needle significantly for, for Michael Pittman. Yeah, I mean – you know, wait and see. I'd love to be surprised, pleasantly surprised, and watch Pittman's value actually jump several spots up his ADP once the season gets going. But for me, as of right now, I, I'm in agreement. I don't think that he moves up or down my board too much with Matt Ryan under center as opposed to Carson Wentz. And you know. I would like to. I would be very intrigued if the Colts go and make a play for Julio Jones. I think it makes sense, right? You know. Yeah. Get Matt Ryan. They have familiarity with one another. I think that the Colts are screaming for a second wide receiver option to complement Michael Pittman. So I think that that would make a lot of sense. I I do think that they're going to either add someone via free agency, some sort of veteran presence, or we may see them go after someone in the NFL draft. I'm sure that there's going to be a draft addition, but I think in a I think you could also pair that with someone like Julio, which I think is a good pick um, because you're also going to be able to get him at a good price because obviously he played a lot of last season, very injured. And the Titans did just pick up Robert Woods, our favorite guy, Robert Woods. Bobby um, Trees. 
Bobby Trees, so he's got a new home too. But let's talk more about receivers a bit later. I do want to keep going down this quarterback list. Uh, Deshaun Watson to the Browns, a team that did not seem like it was on the fringe or even in the conversation when this talks about the trades first started. Um, and then it was this back and forth between Baker and the Browns and social media and Baker coming out and saying you know, basically a lovely goodbye letter to the fans and then requesting a trade and the Browns denying him that trade. And then what felt like a half second later, the notification came through that the Browns signed Deshaun Watson. Um, to what the largest amount of guaranteed money in NFL history. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Big slap in the face to Baker all last week. Um, where do you see Baker landing? Because obviously, unless the Browns just want to absolutely pull one over on him and keep him cozy on the bench all season long, can't imagine them doing it. And especially with so many other teams that are probably still quarterback hungry, talking about the Falcons as they just lost Matt Ryan, another team that could definitely use a quarterback. Do you see him going anywhere like the Falcons, is there anywhere else that you like to see him? I'm personally, I think the best place for him, if you're a dynasty shareholder, right, of, of Baker Mayfield and the man just lost his starting position, you know, I would think the best place for his fantasy landing spot would be the Seattle Seahawks. I think he's a better quarterback than Drew Locke. I mean, yeah. and that's not, I mean, I'm not a big Drew Locke truther by any means, but I think if you were to have an open competition between the two, I would imagine that Baker Mayfield would probably be able to win that competition. Um, but it has doesn't seem like the Seahawks are interested in trading for Baker Mayfield. So I honestly, Sam, I think it's something where he's just going to – a former number one overall pick who brought the team their first playoff win in, in the franchise's like 20-year history, like, you know, or at least the recent history anyway, you know, is – going to be available <laughs> like on the open market just like that um yeah. you know it's it the weird thing is though doesn't it feel like there's just something off with with baker mayfield like i don't know you're you're obviously you watch a lot more browns football given that you know they're in your division and and you know i, I do keep my eye on the browns and everything of that nature but it's i don't know there, there's something that felt amiss because on paper Deshaun Watson, he's by the way, he's probably still going to. I imagine the NFL should probably still suspend him. I mean, I'm not making these decisions, but you know, I imagine he's probably still going to be facing some sort of league discipline from whatever their investigations find into the whole situation. We don't have to go into that, but with Deshaun Watson now, and I do think he's an upgrade on the football field, surely on the football field compared to what Baker Mayfield gives them, you know. What didn't the Browns have on the offensive side that Baker couldn't have had success uh, as a guy that was highly touted coming out of college? Because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that they missed the playoffs last year. I know Baker was playing through an injury, but that team never reached its max potential. And you got to think that a lot of it has to do with maybe just the immaturity. And, and it also seemed kind of weird, Sam that he kind of had like a social media – he went straight to social media as soon as he found out his team was interested in Deshaun Watson and demanded a trade. Like, you know, 
I, I'm not going to say I'm going to call him mentally weak. He's somebody that plays the game and probably accomplished what he's accomplished in the sport by playing with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. But, and he had his feelings probably hurt and devastated that, it, you know, a team in a city that he's given so much to is like automatically courting somebody else um, publicly. <laughs> but yeah. it just feels like there's a, there's a maturity level with Baker Mayfield that, I'm not going to say is like apples to apples with Jameis Winston, but there's talent there, but there's mm-hmm. something missing as far as like the consistency and maturity that I think NFL teams are a little scared to invest in. Yeah, I hear that. Um, also, you know, can't forget that he was dealing with multiple injuries all last season long and was still playing through all of them. So, you know, that right. on its own. And obviously I know that, you know, it wasn't just the injuries this past year, but there have been moments where it seems like he's choked or missed a beat at a game that took them out of contention. So I get that as well. I think that for Baker, I do I do feel like there is still talent there once he gets healthy and back again. We've seen a lot of other quarterbacks come back from what felt like the dead. Ryan Tannehill was someone that, you know, was did not make a roster, even if you had two QB leagues where he was at previously. And then he ended up with the Titans and found a lot of success with them. I think maybe a new system, completely new start could be really good for Baker. I just hope it's the right team that gets him. Other teams that I know are still, you know, looking for a quarterback. The Carolina Panthers are still looking because they're not convinced by Sam Darnold and Cam Newton and that combination. So I can imagine that they could have interest. I like Seahawks going with him as well. You know, I'm going to throw the New York Giants out there because do we really think that Danny Dimes has it? I don't even want to call him Danny Dimes. Well, look, I, I don't think that you're wrong by bringing up the teams that you just brought up. Uh, the New York Giants did sign Terod Taylor so I'm assuming he's coming in there to automatically kind of be a veteran presence and also to probably push Daniel Jones. I'm not calling him Danny Dimes. He's Danny Pennies until he proves otherwise. <laughs> and then you're talking about the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they were openly in the sweepstakes and pitching for Deshaun Watson. They lost. Yet yeah. it seems like the Panthers went out and said that they're not interested in Baker Mayfield. And then Baker Mayfield side, I believe it's been reported that they came out and said there's mutual disinterest between Carolina and Baker Mayfield and his camp and representation. So again, it, it just seems like some Baker is rubbing people the wrong way. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah. It's something feels a little off. I get that he was injured. I get that he was trying to play through injuries and I'm not blaming everything on him uh, as far as their disappointment last season. Um, but, I mean, the man had a chance with Patrick Mahomes knocked out of the game in, in an AFC playoff game. He was going up against Chad Henney and couldn't get the job done. Couldn't knock off the Chiefs even when the baddest man on the planet or one of the baddest men on the planet wasn't in the game. It does feel like there was a host of missed opportunities and what-if type of moments left on the table with Baker Mayfield under center in Cleveland. Is Baker someone then that as we start the season stays without a team. And as every season goes, there is always injuries in every season. You know, you don't want to predict it. You don't want to wish for them, but they happen. Could there be a scenario where a team loses their starting quarterback and they have to pick up the phone and make that phone call to Baker Mayfield? Could. Uh, that That's one scenario that could play out. I think another likely possible scenario that could is he takes the Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubis- Trubisky route where he basically sits the bench for a season. 
you know, behind, you know, a starting quarterback, you know, Jameis with Drew Brees and Mitchell Trubisky with Josh Allen and waits and bides his time until, you know, he re-hits the market. Um, that's also a possibility. Definitely a possibility. All right, let's move on from that and talk about uh, really quickly. I want to talk about Marcus Mariota signing with the Falcons. Is this new life for Mariota or is this a Band-Aid until the Falcons can draft a rookie quarterback and put all their hopes in them? I sure as hell think that this is a Band-Aid. No offense to Marcus Mariota, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's some probably system familiarity, um, you know, there in Atlanta and I just, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's not a good feeling for Marcus Mariota, uh, even though he's for him, it is actually, but I, I'm just not even sure that he's going to finish the year as the starter to be 100% honest with you. I think that they lost out on Deshaun Watson. They don't want to take on Baker Mayfield's contract, or maybe they're not a believer in Baker. They don't want to trade for Baker. Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, Marcus Mariota, who's he even throwing to this year, Sam? Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I mean, that's nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, they I, have a lot of holes they need to fill. A lot. <laughs> they need to sign an entire wide receiver group. Like, they don't need just one. They need to sign, like, a one, a two, and a three. Um, they did re-sign Cordero Patterson, so they got one, and they got Kyle Pitts, but – there's a lot of missing pieces to this puzzle for anyone to get excited, let alone let's say they draft uh, Kenny Pickett or a top rookie talent. And for anyone to get excited about them immediately being the number one, who, again, who are they throwing to? So there's a lot of different questions that need to be answered and a lot of other signings that I'm sure that are going to happen in the next week as well. Patterson, Actually plays running back, I think, now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, of course he does. He, I mean, he, that's actually a very fair question. You know, before we move off the Falcons, is Cordero Patterson still a top 10 PPR running back heading into next year for you? I think that with all the moves across the board, it, he's going to end up falling maybe outside of the top 10, just based on a lot of these quarterback moves. There's been so many free agency moves that I see a lot of people's even rookie mock drafts have absolutely been shattered because picks are going everywhere. Players are going everywhere. Um, as every move happens, certain needs are being met with those trades. So it's all just up in the air for me. I can't imagine. It's, it's hard for me to say just a hard no that he's already like out of the top 10, but I won't be surprised when I do my rankings and I find him outside of it. There's no shot in hell. I'm taking him in the second round. No way. I, I get that. He had a great year, a career year. Good for him. Got a payday multi-year deal. Cool. Cool. Two-year deal. Awesome. Good for Cordero Patterson. Good for him. That being said, I do not trust this Atlanta offense led by Marcus Mariota. I'm sorry until I, I I'll, I'll be wrong on this and I'll be, I'll live, I'll live to accept that I'm wrong. If this Atlanta offense ends up being, you know, a top 15 unit scoring wise. Yeah. You know, can't wait to be surprised by it, but let's move <laughs> on. Um, I think the last one I want to talk about before we move on to the big wide receiver news is obviously James Winston re-signing with the Saints. So another team that probably won't be making the bid for Baker. I mean, I'm happy for Winston. I feel like he, you know, we're both excited to see him play a full season after the LASIK surgery. Now we got to see him after the injury that he suffered last season. So hopefully he stays healthy 
and he can have a good year. And the other question mark is, will we be seeing him with Michael Thomas? Are we going to see him with Michael Thomas? Are we going to see him with Alvin Kamara? How's this offense going to look without Sean Payton? There's a lot of unknown. So another um, team full of question marks, pretty much. The, Sa the Saints are in a similar boat to the Falcons in that we don't really know what we're going to get. It's not even a box of chocolates. It's a box. We don't know what's inside. <laughs> Is it a box? It might be a box. It might be a paper bag. I'm not sure. Just a crinkly yeah. paper bag at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm definitely one. Uh, the, the, there's a lot that has to shake out. Uh, and, and I'm interested to see what direction the uh, the Saints rest of their offseason in, in the NFL draft goes. But, you know, for Jameis Winston, it, it definitely is shaping up that he's probably going to have the inside track to being the starter, given that his uh, knee is fully rehabbed and ready to go for the start of the year. All right, now the big fun news that I know came across our boards and we were all shocked by Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. Holy cow. Like, what? I did not expect this move at all. Did you? One, two, three, four, five picks for a wide receiver. Woo! For arguably one of the best wide receivers and will first ballot Hall of Famer wide receiver, Tyreek Hill is an insane beast at the position. I mean, is he not? I don't think so. I mean, if if, Ter if Terrell Owens was not a first ballot Hall of Famer, then Tyreek Hill is not a first ballot Hall of Famer yet. Yet. Fighting I'll words. say yet. Fighting words. Fighting words. I'm just saying. All right, but let's, let's look at the Miami Dolphins roster real quick. Now that they've just added Tyreek Hill. Tua has Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddell. He has Chase Edmonds. He has... Mike Gusecki, maybe Devontae Parker if he is or is not on the move. This is a much better overall balanced offensive core that we're seeing for Tua. Like, if Tua doesn't have a fantastic year this year, it's got to be him, right? Well, I don't know. I, when you take a look from the outside looking in, they just signed Taron Armstead as well. A, you know, probably the, 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 the prized left tackle on the open market this season, right? This free agent year. Yep. So certainly they've invested enough just before the NFL draft to go ahead and say, look to a, it's put up or shut up time. Like we passed on Justin Herbert to take you. And we, I think they already regret that they were in the Deshaun Watson conversation last season before this was all cleared up and went to court. So, but yes, Tua certainly is on Tua. I believe that if it goes to hell in a handbasket this season for the Miami Dolphins, I personally believe that this becomes the 2023 version of this offseason for the Denver Broncos or the Cleveland Browns to where this is where a quarterback will want to go if they're disgruntled and they're like looking around like, hmm, where would I kick some ass if I were to go and play with those wide receivers and those weapons and that offense of mine and Mike McDaniel. So we don't really, really don't know what Mike McDaniel has to bring to the table yet. But generally those Shanahan tree wide receivers, modern West Coast, they seem to do pretty damn well. I mean, got a pretty good track record with McVay, Kyle Shanahan, LaFleur there in Green Bay. But yeah, I mean – Tua has pretty much no excuse. And, you know, you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, who 
instantly become, to me off the top of my head, two of the most explosive open field deep threat talents on the same roster in NFL history. These guys are track stars. No, I think that I do think that they actually are in the books for being the fastest duo currently in the league. The between the two of them, they're they are the fastest. They are speed like of Marvel characters. They are the fast guys there. So it's pretty damn impressive. I'm going. Marvel doesn't have speedsters like DC's The Flash, and I'm taking the Flash from one multiverse and the the Flash from another one when they run into each other, or Barry Allen and Wally West. If I'm going full dork here, yeah, we're talking. That's Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. That's exactly what Tua Tungabailoa has on the outside, and not to mention a, a pretty good tight end and Mike Kosicki. I, I personally, I don't understand why they're in such a rush to get rid of Devontae Parker because I think he's actually a great possession option to the speedy yards after catch dynamos that both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are. But I'm going to ask you, because we got to know, for you Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle dynasty shareholders, does this really help their value? I don't know that it does. I mean, obviously, I feel like, you know, Tyreek Hill is an immediate number one. You paid him. He is your number one wide receiver. Whereas with him not there, Waddle is just gobbling up all the targets, getting all the volume, getting all the attention. Now that's going to be split between him and Hill. So you've got a one-two situation where they're each capping each other's value. Now, obviously, Hill still maintained his value despite the wide receiver two in Kansas City being Travis Kelsey. And I'm going to call him the wide receiver two because he was the wide receiver two in that situation. So he was still successful there, but that was with Patrick Mahomes throwing in the ball and peppering it all over the field. I haven't seen Tua have that kind of output that Mahomes did. So interesting that you bring up. You, no, no, no. I, I'm raising <laughs> my hand like, you know, in a Zoom meeting. I guess you can like kind of push the button where it says, you know, Derek Tate has a question or raised his hand. So sorry for you folks that are just listening via audio. Uh, point being, I have a point or a question to ask you. Um, I'll say it's a point because you mentioned Ty, Travis Kelsey being the the running mate of Tyreek Hill there in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, you know, throwing seeds all over the football field. Yeah. They complemented each other perfectly. They did. Like Kelsey worked the middle of the field and was a matchup nightmare against linebackers, safeties, you know, but he took care of uh, so much of the dirty work in the middle of the football field, intermediate routes. He could do it all. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends has ever played the game, arguably the best ever, but Tyreek Hill you know, was just such a perfect speed demon compliment that opened things up for Travis Kelsey. And it was a picture poison with Patrick Mahomes pulling the trigger. You flip the coin though. I mean, like you're removing so many of those explosive plays for Tyreek Hill. I know he's great after the catch. I mean, he he's constantly among the top 10 at yards after reception year after year after year because you can get him the ball anywhere and he's a threat to score, whether it's a slip screen, bubble screen, a quick slant, whatever, or he can torch you deep. But when you look at him going now to play with Tua Tungavailoa, you just look at the difference between Mahomes and Tua and their aggressiveness pushing the football down the field. I mean, 
yards per attempt, and I'm not. There's some noise in these numbers, but Mahomes was sixth last year, seven point six yards per attempt. Tua was twenty fifth, six point eight. You look at the year before that, Mahomes was fifth. Tua was thirty second. Passes thrown twenty yards past the line of scrimmage. Mahomes was seventh in two thousand twenty one, and Mahomes was fifth in two thousand twenty. Tua, thirtieth last season with Jalen Waddle on the team, and then 29th. And you mentioned Travis Kelsey being that running mate with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have pretty damn similar skill sets. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Yes, even their sizes, like, I think I'm just looking at their stats now. Exact same height difference uh, in weight of about three pounds. Like, they are... Very, very close. I mean, had this been a scenario where you've got a very big difference in size, then I would say, okay, there's clear um, roles here that each of them will play. Yes, but that is not the case here. You've got two super similar guys, and I agree with you. I feel like I think that this is they're going to eat into each other's value, and I think that this hurts a lot of Tyreek Hill dynasty owners. So Waddle saw 140 targets last year. Where do you think he gets this year? He'll be lucky to get 70. <laughs> well, I I don't know about that. That's real uh, that's that, that's that's really light. I went too far. I would say I would say I would say it jumps more around like the the one 100 110 range. I mean So then how many are Tyreek Hill going to get? Probably a, right around there. I mean probably maybe a little bit more. I mean so you see, you know, I'd, probably, I'd, say, I'd say Tyree Hill is probably the better Tyree Hill to me is still the better player at this very moment. But again, Sam, when we're talking about what makes Tyree Hill special, it's not that he's I'm not just saying he's just a pure burner. I mean, he does so much more than that. And I think he's stronger than people give him credit for. He breaks more tackles after, you know, through contact for a guy his size than you would expect. But, you know, he is at the end of the day, his weapon is the revolutionary speed that we've never seen on a football field before, right? It's the revolutionary He's 28 speed years also, old. And also how he competes with contested catches and his ability to make a catch out of nothing. I mean, you see him with double, triple teams all the time and still get the ball. So I do think that that does set him apart. I'm just very concerned that I don't, I just don't feel like Tua can put up the numbers that we need to make them both what we all want them both to be. What Tua's going, what you're going to miss with Tua what, for Tyreek Hill shareholders, Tua's not going to have those consistent explosive plays down the field. That like when you do have to pay the proper amount of attention to Jalen Waddle or Mike Gesicki, and you get those valuable one on ones with Tyreek Hill on the outside, or God forbid they're running some sort of, you know zone over the top and Tyreek Hill and you get enough protection for Tua to be able to let it go down the field. He doesn't have the Mahomes type of cannon to really maximize Tyreek Hill's immense value with his speed. And that's just, it's, you know, if Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill went together like spaghetti and meatball, Tua and Tyreek Hill to go together like lamb and tuna fish. It's 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 not the right match in particular with Waddle taking up similar targets. I'm I do think that there's a little bit of intrigue 
when it comes to Mike McDaniel potentially using Tyreek Hill, similar to that of Debo Samuel back in his San Francisco days. But the problem is, is that you can make the same argument for Jalen freaking Waddle. Like, you're going to get Waddle the ball in his hands, like in those type of jet sweeps and stuff like that. So it's it's just those two are going to limit each other. It sucks because they both go down in value to me. I do think they both go down in value. I think that – I think we need to also – I think we need to pivot from Tyreek Hill for a moment. I think we need to talk about the move of Tyreek Hill, obviously – Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins is equal to or lesser than Devontae Adams to the Raiders. <laughs> These are two, you know, in, in the conversations of ADP, wide receiver, we always go back and forth between these two guys and who's the number one. And it's been un, kind of undisputed that it's Adams at the number one with Rodgers. But that is not the case now. He is with Derek Carr. I'm getting a notification that my computer is going to die because I didn't plug it in. So I have to go grab it. <laughs> Okay, I will go ahead and rant here for about. If you want to talk about between the two, I will be right back. This is I could do that. So while Sam grabs her her charger, you are listening to the fantasy debate with Sam and Tate here on DrRoto.com. So when you're talking about Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill in particular, I've always thought that it wasn't much of a debate. Obviously, the if you had in a league where you were getting extra points, bonus points for big play touchdowns, then Tyreek Hill, that closed the gap a little bit, but always the target share and the red zone dominance was something that I thought clearly favored Devontae Adams. And for me, it never made it much of a decision between Adams and Tyreek Hill. And I still think it's not much of a decision between Adams and Tyreek Hill. You, you could definitely make the argument between Mahomes and Rodgers that I thought it was kind of a stalemate because they both had exceptional quarterback play. But now I believe that Derek Carr is by far the more reliable quarterback that I feel is going to, you know, have pretty much instant rapport, like riding a bicycle, like a, a shared bicycle, I guess, you know, back in their Fresno State days. So I, I think they're going to be fine. They'll hit the ground running as much as you can for, you know, two guys that have, haven't played together in the last in, in their professional careers. But Adams is going to certainly get a healthy volume. I know that Waller and Renfro will certainly say their their targets, but so will the likes of Waddle and Gasicki. And I just trust Derek Carr more than I do to a tongue of Iloa as far as to exert the most maximum value for Devontae Adams in this scenario in the heads up matchup. So I agree with you in that I feel like Adams still maintains a higher value than Hill after this move, but I think it's a question mark now as to whether or not he is the definitive number one at the position when you look at overall wide receiver rankings across the board, I think it does bring him down a peg or two. And I'm thinking mostly about Cooper cup who just had the triple crown of wide receiver seasons last year with the Rams on the way to the super bowl. Right. Obviously the Rams did just sign Allen Robinson, but he, Cup was helped by having OBJ there in the back, and it really didn't dent his overall output by comparison. So I think that this kind of these two moves kind of clear the path for the clear and obvious. Cooper Cup is your number one wide receiver next year. I mean, I, I never had it up for debate, but no, I 
agree. Well, I mean, you can still make a case for Devontae one. Adams. You can, well, you can make a case for Devontae Adams if he was still playing with Aaron Rodgers. That but you, could, but it, you can't make that <laughs> argument now. No, no. I think that it's easily Devontae, or uh, excuse me, Cooper Cup. And then really it's up for that number two spot is up for grabs. Like, is it Devontae Adams? Is it Justin Jefferson? Is it Jamar Chase? Is it, you know, certainly there's a lot more guys in that conversation now because of the new locations before Tyreek Hill and, and Devontae Adams. So it's very interesting. Tyreek Hill's not my is not my top five, though. No, he's not in my either. I think Adams stays in my top five, and I think that Hill drops out of my top five. Whether or not he stays in top ten is still a question for me. Um, I feel like that's probably a little bit too too early to say because obviously we don't know how they're all going to play nicely together. But I do feel like this hurts his overall value um, in terms of if you were doing redraft right now. If you're starting a dynasty league right now, it hurts his value as well. Um, between the two, I'd still rather have Adam because, yes, he does have that rapport with Eric Carr from their college days. And I think that the Raiders are trying to get that lightning in the bottle that the Bengals got with Burrow and Chase having their counterparts together on that team. Power team made a Super Bowl with this same formula. So, and arguably, Adams has the immense veteran presence that he does and that he's been there with Rogers before and he knows exactly what he's doing and won't choke or have any kind of yips or question marks in the preseason whether or not he can catch a ball. He doesn't have to worry about that. He's Adams. He We know what he can do. So I think he stays in the top five. I think Hill drops out. Um, and I think that Cooper Cup is, you know, now the new pinnacle of the tier. And then those other spots are definitely up for grabs. This is the this is a year where our rankings are going to take a big shift and a big tumble due to all of these crazy free agency moves. I feel like there are some times where this happens in fantasy where two to three years in a row, it's kind of one, two, three, one, two, three at certain positions for certain players. This is a year where it's going to have that earthquake shift of this didn't look like how it did last year, and it's going to be a big shift for everyone. It's a seismic shift. Um, and and we're going it, to, it's interesting to see, you know, where, you know, post hype guys land. I mean, it's just going to be, a, it, I personally, this is why I love fantasy football because you have so much fluidity and change and analysis that goes into it and projecting. And, you know, this is what we do. And, you know, the only guy that it feels like in the top three at the wide receiver position or top five that isn't having a seriously serious shakeup it does feel like Cooper cup. It makes that if you're the first guy to take a wide receiver, I think your, your decision's easy after that, you know, I'm still going running back early because those other wide receivers, you can make a case for guys like two through seven that any of them could be number two. I definitely agree with that. Let's shift and talk about um, the Kansas City Chiefs that are now without Tyreek Hill and having to find a solution there. They signed Marquez uh. Scantling. They signed, signed Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, I love him. But besides those two, I don't want to ask which of them becomes the wide receiver one because I think they both do well in the wide receiver two position. Does this just boost Travis Kelsey to definitive number one tight end because to me looking at how the splits were in years past he is now their number one wide receiver well I definitely think that he's the most valuable pass catcher um and if you're talking about 
redraft formats, I still think that Travis Kelsey is the safest tight end that you can invest in. Like definitely not even a year where I would question taking Travis Kelsey as the number one tight end off the board, especially after losing his biggest target share. Mark Andrews had a great year though. He did. He did. I'm just saying this, there's a vacancy of targets for Hill that are very easy in terms of creating a rapport with someone you already know. And Travis Kelsey just dumping a couple more targets on someone you're comfortable with is going to be very easy for Mahomes to do while he decides which of Schuster and MVS he prefers throwing to. The only thing that makes me a little concerned about the whole target share just adjusting or, or Kelsey getting a bigger chunk, Trap. I mean, Tyreek Hill did a lot as far as opening things up for Kelsey to work underneath, and he's not there anymore. So, I mean, Juju, God forbid, he's he's a great complimentary wide receiver. He's not the focal point of a passing attack in the National Football League. I, I, I don't like saying that, but I thought that he was going to be a great third option to Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Now he kind of is probably the number one wide receiver. And then an MVS is a nice, you know, guy that can take the top off of a defense. But I mean, I don't, if the Packers thought he was that great, why'd they let him go after Devonte Adams just got traded? Like I'm, no. anyway. Um, so yeah, no, I, Kelsey, Kelsey's still the guy that I, I'm taking first off the board, even though Andrews had a great year um, and Kelsey's a year older, but you know, as long as he's still showing that he can put up the numbers that he put up last year, I'm still taking Travis Kelsey until the the, the wheels fall off. Um, I I think though, here's a question and I, I don't want to spend too much longer on the chiefs, but with Tyree killed now out of town in dynasty, in a dynasty format, super flex or just one quarterback or whatever is Patrick Mahomes still the number one quarterback off the board for you. Ooh, He's not for me this year. I mean, we saw that he was mortal this past season. We saw a lot of problems come up um, that hindered him all year. And it just in terms of consistency, he wasn't his normal self this past season compared to the year before. There were weak games that were confusing. There were that seemed like he was being okay. a bit cavalier with his no look passes that would be interceptions. Um he just missed a couple beats. So for me, I would much rather have someone a la Josh Allen, number one off the board, give me them running yards, give me all of that speed that he has and all that, all the extra air yards that you get. I just love that, you know, that passing group that he has. I feel like I would rather have that knowing what it is and knowing that the bills are absolutely not going to stop in terms of having their foot on the gas to get back to the playoffs next year. I would rather have Josh Allen than Mahomes losing Hill just adds one more reason why for me, I would rather have Allen off the board first. So you make an interesting point about Josh Allen's rushing capabilities uh, as far as like a reason why you would go over Patrick Mahomes. Um, and we're talking about dynasty, right? I mean, that's where I was kind of prefacing that, but Allen, his development as a passer is, has been remarkable far more, far more than I expected him in entering the NFL. I I thought he was always going to be kind of like a version of Cam Newton at, at, at best case scenario. I think he's miles ahead of what Cam ever was as a pure passer. Um, I think the past two seasons have kind of proven that. 
Like, you know, he, he not only did he do it like Cam did it for one year at a, at a, at, a, at an MVP level and then was never really the same reach those heights again. Like yeah. Josh Allen's done it two years in a row. Um, Mahomes though. I mean, you, he had a, a moment in, in kind of a stretch where he struggled um, kind of like, because the NFL is a copycat league, right? The bucks kind of threw something at him in the super bowl that had some level of success. And uh, he saw a lot of, two deep safety looks to start the year. And, you know, it kind of frustrated him because he was, I think, pressing and trying to make, you know, make superhero type throws on too often of a basis. When he started settled down and, and kind of picked defenses apart, he looked more like the Patrick Mahomes that we we're used to. And he finishes the quarterback four for a second straight season. And, you know, I, I still think that Mahomes is going to be great, but I do wonder, I do wonder what the production is going to look like and what the offense in general is going to look like without that speed, the fastest guy on the field, without the fastest guy in the league to threaten and open everything up for everybody else. Does that affect the Chiefs and how this offense operates on a consistent basis. I still think you're going to have those big Mahomes games where he blows up and throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns. But are there mom- are there those games where they struggled a little bit more? Are they going to be a little bit more consistent for Mahomes and the rest of this offense while they figure out life post Tyreek Hill? I think it's going to change a lot and it's going to change the way obviously that defenses go after the Chiefs. I mean, they had to be concerned at all levels of the field because of Tyreek Hill, because Uh as you covered up front too quickly, you just left all kinds of space for Hill to dominate. So you had to spread yourself thin on defense in order to cover every single weapon. Teams aren't going to have to do that with the level of speed you're getting from the current pass catchers they're just not going to have to do that so someone else is going to have to step up and I just wonder in this core of offensive players who is going to be the one to step up that's going to break out and I think that's the main question mark here are we going to see Mahomes get blitzed more our team's going to be a little bit braver when it comes to trying to challenge him now because they're not worried about getting torched by Tyreek in one-on-one coverage yeah so We'll see, but I, 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 I actually agree with you. Josh Allen is my QB one in dynasty, and I can't believe I'm saying that. And it's really damn close between Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow for me. And oh, some other 100%. some other folks may have Kyler Murray up there. That's totally fine. Lamar Jackson too. Like, there's I mean, the league is loaded with young stud quarterbacks. But you know, um, I'm just saying my personal guys. Are I mean I, I'm a big Joe Burrow guy. Justin Herbert's been great, and uh, um, but yeah, I mean Kyler Murray's up there. I just hate his contract situation. That's the only thing that's yeah. making me. Otherwise, I'd have Kyler at three. Yeah, it's contract weird me out. Yeah, I think one for me easy goes to Josh Allen, and everything else is kind of you can make an argument back and forth. I feel like when I finish my rankings, I feel like Joe Burrow is going to be sitting there at number two, and I don't I'm not going to feel bad about it, even with that right behind me it's gonna you know it's gonna sting a little bit but also you know you just you hate the player you hate the game I just love the game like I just give me more good amazing fantasy football give me more rookies give me more amazing stuff to eat into um what other wider uh what other free agents do you want to quickly cover before we wrap up for today uh, Leonard Fournette going back to the Buccaneers uh you know we have to wait to see how the draft plays out but as currently as 
how their roster is currently. I still think that Leonard Fournette's a, a top 10 PPR running back this year. Um, you know, in particular with, I think Ronald Jones is coming back. So, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette, that that's definitely notable. Um, other notable situations, Amari Cooper now paired with Sean Watson. He's probably going to see a very healthy target share. Cooper kind of th- flirts with that 15 to 20 wide receiver range for me. So his move to Dallas isn't quite a move from Dallas to Cleveland. Isn't as bad as I originally thought when I thought Baker was going to be quarterback there. So um, we just don't know how long Deshaun Watson's going to be potentially disciplined by the league, but, uh, and then other, I mean, is there anybody else I'm kind of forgetting? I know we covered a lot today. No, I think that's pretty much all I have time in my head for. I mean, we've got so much other stuff that we're going to be leading into as we get closer and closer to the draft, more free agency to talk about. So please tune in next week for all of that fun stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much kind of cover it for today. Unless, you know, like last week, the Deshaun Watson news came in on a Friday. I think that means that every time we do an episode, Tate, you and I just have to be on top of our notifications on Friday morning to make sure to see what we missed. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you there. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to uh, check the interwebs. Like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing anyway? I mean, you're, you're, you're better on Twitter than I am, and it's not even close. Thanks. Thanks for making me look bad. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at drrodo.com. Have a wonderful weekend weekend. Tate, I'll let you take us out. I mean, this is this one's pretty simple. Till next time, everybody. Later, says the Tater. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.